Hello, and welcome back to the Time Turner podcast. Today, we are finally having our first of the two-part series on women of color in business. Next episode, we'll delve even more into women of color entrepreneurs. Both episodes will be featuring the amazing entrepreneur and co-founder of Future For Us, Sage Kalohalani Kiamno, who sat down to talk with me virtually on the issues women of color face in work and how we can solve them. I think it's really important to acknowledge and reflect how women of color are breaking the glass ceilings in so many ways today. I mean, it's been almost a month since Kamala Harris was announced as the first vice president-elect to be a woman of color, and we see this huge elevation of women of color onto the national stage. We see this kind of reinforcement and encouragement to, you know, the backbone of the Democratic Party, which are primarily women of color. And you see this huge moment where Kamala Harris is breaking this glass ceiling. You know, we hear more about these little brown girls seeing somebody like Kamala Harris with authority, taking a leadership role, you know, leading the country. And I think it's really amazing to just reflect about this moment, you know, acknowledge where we are today and how instrumental women of color are in America. If you want to read more about my reflection on Kamala Harris becoming the first VP, then nominee at the time, to be a woman of color for a major party, um, you can check out my article on timeturner.today. I think it's also important to acknowledge that we have 51 women of color elected into Congress this year, and that's a record-breaking statistic. We're slowly start starting to notice that Congress is starting to diversify a little bit. We have more people of color getting elected. We have more LGBTQ members getting elected into Congress, and we have more women of color getting elected into Congress. And it really does signify this kind of welcoming of women of color into the political sphere. We see these huge public figures in women of color, Kamala Harris, AOC, however polarizing she may be, Ilhan Omar, and of course, our very own Washington State Representative Pramila Jayapal. And I think it's really important that we do see women of color in these leadership roles. And it's really important that we do start encouraging women of color to run for these leadership roles. Because having women of color in leadership roles allows a more unique focus on issues that do affect women of color in ways that maybe other demographics aren't affected. And it does give a much needed perspective to Congress when they are deciding on issues that uniquely affect other women of color. And what's really important about this moment is this incorporation of women of color into leadership roles and this societal shift in how we view women of color in leadership. It's a very gradual societal shift, and we certainly have a long, long way to go. But nevertheless, I think it's important in this moment to acknowledge how far we've come and where we're going to go tomorrow. This episode, we're focusing on what has been called the face of the COVID-19 pandemic by the New York Times. We're focusing on working women of color, but at first, I think it's important to talk about women in business in general. In fact, more women are working now than ever before. Almost 47% of families in America have women as their primary breadwinner, and they rely on their income. In fact, before the pandemic, 57.4% of the workforce was female. 
What about women of color? I sat down to have a virtual conversation with Sage Kalohalani Kiamno on her work supporting women of color in business, and to learn just a little bit more about the issues and challenges that they face. Can you introduce yourself and talk about what you're doing, Sage? Aloha, awesome. Yes, amazing. Super excited to be on this podcast. Um, aloha, everyone. My name is Sage Kelohilani Kiamno. I am the CEO and co founder of Future for Us, a platform dedicated to advancing women of color at work, the community, culture, and career development. And I am currently recording this podcast from my childhood bedroom in Honolulu, Hawaii. <laughs> Going into the interview, I wanted to get to know her own personal journey as a Native Hawaiian woman in the workplace and what exactly propelled her to co-found her platform. Yeah, I think um, a lot of young women of color are seeking out um, entrepreneurship because of the lack of support in corporate environments for women of color to rise amongst the ranks into leadership. And so um, my story isn't unique. Uh, so I moved to Seattle about seven years ago. I work for a large tech company. I'm sure people can make a couple guesses of which companies that would be. Um, and yeah, you know, I worked there for about a year and a half and absolutely um, hated it. Um, I didn't have a great manager. I didn't have a great support system. And having that mix of, you know, who I am, trying to discover who I am, how do I fit into the city and also my my job, you know, I think facing sexism and racism at the same time uh, really propelled me to start my own company because I did not see any other options for me. So Future For Us, which you co-founded, focuses on serving as a platform for women of color. Why do you focus particularly on women of color in business? It is a community platform for women of color um, at work. So any woman who is in the professional um, atmosphere, so if you're working at a company, uh, that's over who we particularly uh, are addressing is because women of color in business, in the workplace, are the ones who have power. Um, power in um, large corporations, small, you know, small companies, startups, etc. And because women of color um, in, in the workplace you know, earn, you know, earn a salary um, and have the potential of, of um, a creating financial wealth for themselves. And we see that there, if we could just get women of more women of color, not only into companies, but also thriving at companies and also leading companies. And that is truly our passion uh, because we need to see, because the stat is that women of color only make up 3% of corporate uh, C-suite levels in uh, corporations and only 3% of uh, corporate boards. And that what essentially means is that every decision made in Fortune 500 companies are not made by women of color. And um, as anyone has noticed <laughs> that corporations and, um, and company, large companies make a lot of decisions um, and affect our society greatly. And so if we could get women of color leading um, we could see a lot of the um, corporate culture and corporations ran differently. In fact, 
33% of women working in today's workforce are women of color, who disproportionately face issues in the workplace relating to their pay, promotion, and their overall workplace environment. Uh, the other challenge for women of color in the workplace is, um, yeah, pay. So are we getting paid and promoted at the same rates as our white colleagues? And we're seeing that we are, we are getting less than 30% in pay and 30% less support. Um, and that's according to the Women in the Workplace report by McKinsey and Lean In. So, you know, those are the specific challenges and it really comes down to money. You know, if we do not have money in our pockets, you know, if we're not generating wealth for ourselves, uh, then that's what's really gonna prevent us from, you know, career mobility, business success, uh, and us moving forward into leadership. Perhaps one of the most well-known issues relating to women of color in the workplace is that of their wage gap and their pay. Usually when we talk about the wage gap, we refer to this statistic of $1 to 82 cents. And when we break that down, we're really talking about $1 that a white man might earn on average compared to the 82 cents a white woman would earn. Now, when we talk about women of color, we see that the wage gap usually drastically widens. For black women, it's 63 cents. For Native American women, it's 60 cents. And for Latina women, it's only 55 cents to a white man's dollar. But when we talk about the wage gap, it's important to note that it's very dependent on occupation. A big reason that women and men have different wages is a cultural affinity for women's jobs and men's jobs. Women, especially women of color, tend to work in service jobs. Uh, an example of a service job might be being a waitress or being a nurse. And usually these jobs tend to pay less. And this is reflected in the wage gap that we see. Another major factor into the issues women of color face in the workplace and in their wages include whether they're able to advance and progress within their companies and get promotions. Particularly, women of color do not get promoted in their jobs, which is very harmful because it doesn't allow for women of color to advance to C-suite or executive positions, as Sage was referring to earlier, and doesn't allow for companies to take in this different and diverse perspective in account when making significant decisions. Usually, this issue is attributed to the fact that middle management in most corporations are made mainly of one demographic white men. And when these managers tend to promote people, it's based on qualities that are undefinable instead of achievements. It becomes relatability or whether they can see themselves in these individuals. White men in these middle management roles, they see themselves in other male white candidates. It's important to note that a lot of what this comes down to is really implicit bias. There might be managers that really do try to get diverse perspectives. But at the end of the day, implicit bias can hinder women of color from exceeding and progressing in their companies and corporations. And this connects to the last issue I want to talk about that women of color face in the workplace. It's probably one of the most defining issues in my eyes that do shape the experiences women of color have in their workplace. And it's that women of color aren't often surrounded by others that look like them or that share their experiences. The overall lack of diversity 
leads to a lack of mentors that women of color have access to and a lack of sponsors to help them advance through these companies. Yeah, um, and if you know, it depends on your industry. So if you are a startup or a small business and you're in the food industry, uh, you're pretty much like wiped out. If you are in the travel industry, you know that 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 is less usage as well. So depending on you know what industry you you're in, um, you're you're really much your customer base is virtually gone. Um, and we've seen a lot of other, you know, online businesses really rise, but, you know, COVID-19 has really um, affected every single business out there. And for women of color is that you're already operating at a very, with small margins. Um, and then if you're trying to build your, your company simultaneously, it's just like you lose your, your expected revenue when COVID-19 hit, for instance. Um, when we, you know, when it, when it happened in March, we lost 40% of our expected revenue that quarter. Um, and that was a lot of, you know, my salary, that was about my, our, um, our support staff salary, and uh, we quickly had to pivot. Uh, and so those are the challenges you faced. And then um, the government, the federal government really um, lacked in response into that. And we're trying to create these SBA loans that every single company was um, applying for, but only the big corporations were getting the funding, right? Uh, and then, you know, you if you do not have a relationship with the bank or someone at the bank, then you, you, you're you not going to get your application process faster. Um, and that's what I had to figure out pretty, I mean, within a weekend that, hey, like, this is the process. It's a long you know, signing these papers, filling them out properly, getting a person from your bank. If that person at that bank doesn't even do the loans and you got to look for somebody else at another bank. And it was, it was a circus. Because of the coronavirus pandemic, I think it is also important to talk even more about the impact that this pandemic has had on women of color in business who are out there working today. I think it's important to acknowledge that across the country, women of color disproportionately hold jobs termed essential because they do work these service-oriented jobs. And these very jobs that contribute to the lower wages women of color had before the pandemic have resulted in joblessness and exposure to risky situations where their health is at risk. Most women of color working right now don't have the luxury of working from home that I know so many of us do. In fact, studies are showing that women of color are disproportionately more at risk of getting sick, both because of their obligation to working in these service jobs and because they are usually from communities that don't have direct and immediate access to a hospital or other public health facilities. Additionally, women of color are disproportionately impacted by COVID beyond health implications, but for their job safety and security. Most women of color, even before the pandemic, were not in positions with much job security, putting them with higher risk. And that's now resulted in a higher rate of joblessness for women of color than the national average, 
Women in general make up 55% of the 2.5 million job loss in the pandemic. And yet, black women are experiencing joblessness rates one-fourth higher than the national average. Latina women are facing rates nearly 50% higher. And I think beyond layoffs, women are having to quit their jobs more often due to expectations that they help with domestic and familial duties during the pandemic. It's much harder for women to manage both their duties at home and their workplace responsibilities. In general, four times more women than men dropped out of the workplace due to COVID just this September. Studies suggest that while men are doing more domestic chores and labor than before the pandemic, mothers continue to do the majority of the housework and care for children. COVID-19, studies are speculating, is going to take women's progress in the workforce almost 10 years back. Studies suggest that 57% of Latina women are struggling to manage both familial and business-related responsibilities, compared to 37% in women overall. Now, it's important to ask ourselves why women of color, more than white women, are disproportionately affected. And it's because Black and Latina women especially are much more likely than white women to be the single heads of their household. And so, for women of color, these statistics combined with their exposure to the pandemic in service industries and their higher risk of both getting COVID and losing their jobs leaves them in the dust. But we've seen that there are ways to help women of color. People like Sage work to help build communities for women of color in business. And so, you know, what Future for Us does is create a community where we can um, discuss and have, you know, career development, um, career development training to really how do you deal with, how do you navigate office politics? How do you um, manage up in a position? And so we create a community where you get to meet other women of color professionals, but also get trained by women of color professionals. And that's the, the beauty of it is that you get to see yourself in a community um, that has similar um, experiences in the workplace. And we also partner um, with companies who you know, have been developing um, better programming for women of color um, and support um, and everything from like ERG groups, which is a ERG um, stands for Employee Resource Group. So for instance, for instance, at Amazon, they have a Ben network, it's called the Black Employee Network. Um, and so, you know, whatever you identify with, there usually is an ERG to help you support you. Um, and that's another way for you to network and also find a mentor within a company. And, and basically, that's the reason why, uh, you know, why we why Future for Us exists is because we face so many challenges in the workplace. And who are, you know, who's going to be the, you know, who's going to create the solutions for that? You know, women of color now, they have in their back pocket an incredibly influential uh, network of people who can support them. Um, our community members have now, a, each of them, 
typically have a personal board of directors. So a personal board of directors, basically um, a, a, a board, a personal board uh, that helps you throughout your career, you know, so everything from a mentor to a sponsor, uh, women of color professionals are gaining professional development uh, courses. So like we have our virtual events that cover everything from salary negotiation to navigating workplace politics, as I said before, uh, to diversity, equity, inclusion strategies. Um, <clears throat> so that's where our community is really getting out of is that it's giving you the network and the connections um, that you should have had, right? That, you know, most white colleagues have. It definitely floods into how you are, um, how you move through the world. It's really through the power of your connections. You know, your, your network is your net worth. And so Future for Us provides you with, the, with, with that network to help you get the resources you need to succeed at work. But beyond just supporting organizations that do amazing work like Sage's Future for Us, there are also things that we can do that help benefit women of color in the workplace. And this might involve looking into the role diversity plays in the workplace and the benefits women of color can bring, and fostering a culture that does acknowledge the lack of support women of color have in their workplace and works to amend it. For those working alongside women of color, providing mentorship for women of color in your workplace, or working to further include women of color into the business community can create great change both for that woman of color and for the corporate culture. Supporting organizations like Sage's Future for Us that works to aid women of color in their fields can also create huge change. But beyond that, perhaps one of the most important things that we can learn and understand is that there isn't a quota that we can hit for women of color in the workplace or beyond. Working to make a more equitable field in business and in corporations is a continuous cycle of work that further prioritizes equity and values other perspectives and other backgrounds. And while working towards change doesn't have to be a huge step, though it can be, it's also about taking these small steps. I do think it is important to always surround yourself with knowledge on these issues and work towards solutions. So as always, thank you for listening. A huge, huge, great big thank you to Sage for her wonderful conversation with me. I learned so much and she was so inspiring. Please go check out her work with Future For Us and her other work surrounding supporting women of color. I just want to take a moment to acknowledge the many women of color working in service and essential jobs today that are absolutely essential to getting us back on track with this pandemic and have helped save so many lives and kept America running. If you want to hear more from Sage and my conversation with her, please tune into our next episode where we'll delve deeper into women of color entrepreneurs. It's a very interesting conversation on the hardships faced and the incredible fortitude of women of color entrepreneurs. That's all for now. Once again, thank you for listening. This is Akshaya Ajith signing off the Time Turner podcast. <laughs>